0: Boozown Music proudly presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name, as always, is Phil Boyer. And from across the vast open sea where the Vikings took everybody's stuff is my brother from another mother, Mr. Mike Svenson. Mike. You gotta talk about the whole poodle rock thing. We were talking just now, and he throws out this term I've never heard before, and it's poodle rock, and yeah. that just cracks me up, man. Yeah. And and, and, and you... so bands that are considered poodle
1: rock are poison. Poison. Yes. Britney Warrant Fox. Warrant Britney yeah.
0: Fox. So yeah. AKA so, but... hairbands.
1: Yeah. It's a thing here in Sweden. We call them Poodle Rock. Poodle, poodle rock, rock. Because they look like poodles <laughs> with, their old, with their frizzy <laughs> hair and, and stuff. I don't know. What, oh, I don't know.
0: Oh, fucking hell. That's
1: awesome. We, free, we freely translate everything here. So, so <laughs> poodle Rock. We, we steal from the German language. We steal from the English language. And we make up our own Well, you steal language. from everybody.
0: That's what Vikings do, man, right? Yeah. it's the Viking
1: but thing. Right after the Romans, we were like, first, when the Roman Empire fell, it, it was the Vikings. They weren't called Vikings, but the the same people, and they went over to your neck of the woods and say, "What the hell is this? We can't stay here. Let's go back." Let's go back. So, left it to yeah, to your own. Destiny. And and then
0: they went over to Scotland, where they drank scotch.
1: Oh yeah. We planned our
0: missions and stuff like that. Oh so.
1: yeah. Yes. Britannica. There we go. <laughs> history, <laughs> history lesson for you now. History
0: lesson right here. Yeah. The All right. History. So,
1: so poodle rock.
0: Poodle rock. That's what we're yeah. gonna talk about today's poodle rock. Poodle no, rock. We're, we're no. not we're not gonna talk no. about poodle rock. Today <laughs> we're gonna wrap up the 1980s and have some fun. Oh, we're yeah. gonna talk about mm-hmm. some must-have records from the nineteen eighties that must Absolutely be in your collection, and if they're not, you need to go change that and make that happen. We've also got a few stories, a few war stories from the 80s that we're going to share, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to close it out and uh, call it a day, yeah, yeah, just you know, kick back, listen to some vinyl, Mm
1: -hmm. drink some whiskey, poodle rock. No,
0: no, not poodle rock, no, No. not poodle rock. No, no, if I never hear another song from Poison, it'll be too soon. (laughs) I think I'd rather listen to Nirvana than fucking uh, Poison. Oh, <laughs> We won't go there.
1: <laughs> Man, it's going to be a long show. It's going to be a long Damn. show. All, All right.
0: right. So let's kick it off mm-hmm. with some must-haves. Must-have oh, records oh, for your yeah. collection. So go get a piece of paper and write this down or mm-hmm. hit the pause button because we got yeah. we got some good ones. What's, what's the first on your list there, Mike, that people definitely have to have in their collection?
1: Uh, Metallica, Master of Puppets.
0: Master of Muppets. Okay, why? Why? Why not?
1: (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with people? If you don't own that album, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, uh, mean, it's like one of the best metal albums ever made, in my opinion. And talking about metal now. Have you ever heard anything like that i mean we had heard right lightning so we knew that they could manage to to play different stuff it it was not full throttle all the time but i mean listen to orion and and damage incorporated and 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 battery and and all those good songs i mean it's it's a fucking epic record I mean, it even is the cover epic. art is br- brilliant. It is. It, it is. it is. Yeah, is.
0: and it's interesting. You you mentioned Metallica as your first one because I also mm-hmm. have Metallica, except oh. I picked Kill 'Em All.
1: Of course, you and
0: did. I picked that one because mm-hmm. I feel like that represents the epitome of speed metal slash thrash metal.
1: Now you're talking. Oh yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. It's See? so good. See? Mm-hmm. I know. So, people write this shit down. Uh, write it's it homework down. for you. If you don't have this album that we mentioned, there's something wrong with you. Go <laughs> go online if you live in in a, in a, in a small small town or in the woods or whatever the fuck you are. Or go visit your local record store and buy these albums right now. Do it. Right? Do Make it. Make it happen. And and I should also say
0: that these must-haves, they're not necessarily this isn't like a top five or anything. This, no, no, these no. aren't necessarily our favorite records of all time in the eighties. These no. are just records that came out in the eighties that really need to be in your collection because oh, yeah. of whatever reason. So whatever reason. Whatever mm-hmm. reason. What else you got?
1: Oh, easy to easy black and black. Mm, that's a good one. Why? It is. It is because i mean to be able to do what as uh, it is did releasing highway to hell and dealing with the death of bon scott and not even 12 ma- months later with a new singer releasing a uh, an album like backing black with those songs a new vocalist and and i mean the epicness Mm -hmm. of that album i i mean i i am lost for words man i'm lost (laughs) for words it's it's crazy we we,
0: kind of touched on it last week too how how great that album was and 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 how you know what they had to go through and and you know to to accomplish that that Mm -hmm. record that that feat of masterpiece that you know it's one of those records that everybody loves Right. Even and, grandma and, loves ACDC's back in black.
1: Yeah, of course. And and we we, we spoke about this last time. And I because I, I know that there's people that I've talked to and they say, well, it's uh, uh, you talk about this and you talk about that. I, I just want to listen to the music, but that that's OK, too. But then you're not a fan. You got to know the stories. I mean, you got to know the history of a of a record to fully appreciate it. I think mm-hmm. you can like someone. I I like um I like the Beatles. I think they're uh I mean Lennon and McCartney. They were great songwriters. I uh, I like the Beatles' music, but I'm not a fan.
0: Cause, not a fan. Because
1: being a fan for me is going deep into the deep end. If you know what I mean. I have to know everything about that record. I have to know everything about that band, the players, the producers, and everything else,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the history behind it. Right. Like it is with, between, like, I would hell to to backing black. Mm-hmm. They lost their longtime friend Bon Scott. He died, and then they they ask themselves, "Well, could we continue? Could we continue with Is it Is it?" Or 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 is it is it the end? No, mm-hmm. it was not. And yeah. not even twelve months, man. Not yeah. even twelve months. And it later. wasn't
0: like a shitty record either. No. Like they didn't what? just like call it in and go, okay, like here's here's what we're gonna do. No, man. And it it's not like okay, there was like one really awesome song on there and the rest were like fillers. No. The start to finish the thing was they knocked oh, yeah. it out of the park. Yeah. They did. Yeah.
1: And you you can go and pick up For Those About to Rock also, the yeah, album that came yeah. after it. You can easily go there, too. Yeah. I, I
0: almost put both of those or one of those on my list. I mm-hmm. didn't, but I, I was like, okay, yeah. I, yeah. You could definitely. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so, too. But
0: I've got Iron Maiden's debut record. Oh, yes. Because I believe that that represents that master blend of punk and rock. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody has done with the exception of maybe suicidal, but that's a little bit different. um, A better job of, of taking that, that punk influence and putting it into rock and giving it attitude. You know, those first two records, I think were just beautifully done in that sense.
1: Yeah. In all senses actually, but yeah. Yeah. I spoke to Paul Diana about this, the singer of of Maiden. Uh, a friend of mine played played with him uh, um, for some years. He played guitar in, in his uh, in his backup band, uh, and I, I spoke to Paul about this, about those t- first two records, especially the first one. Uh, and he couldn't still to this day grasp the 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 impact those albums had because i mean he knew that he he threw his life away with with the, all the drugs and 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 alcohol but he's so proud of being in maiden uh those two albums but he he can't still i mean people come up to me and oh man you know what this al- this album means to me it's it's and and they go on and off uh, of, of everything, uh, and he still today uh, thinks that it's kind of weird that that people still want to talk to him about uh, these albums and and come to see him play some shows. Well, not mm-hmm. during the COVID times, but like before. Uh, right. So so it's it's crazy to think that even the singer of of our maiden back then. He can't still grasp the 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 enormity of, of the uh, of those yeah. albums. I mean, people go freaking nuts about them still today. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, they're I mean, epic. It,
0: yeah, those first two records were, I think, the greatest records that Maiden ever did. Yeah, I know there is a lot of people that would disagree with me, but I I still to this day don't think they've ever topped it again Maiden's a different band these days than it was on those first few records but that's why I I had to I had to put the first one on there because when that came out in nineteen eighty that was in my opinion just again that punk rock blend that almost like what Sabbath did back in the day it's like what Mm -hmm. is this band that what is Iron Mm -hmm. Maiden? What are they fucking doing here? Yeah. Plus the imagery that they put along with it. You and, know, with and, Eddie and and everything, and oh yeah, it's just, oh yeah, you know,
1: and developing I feel like him it's just so impactful, yeah. right? Mm. But but it's 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 like I said, what is it is? You you have to see. I mean, you have have to see the whole picture of it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for Paul Deanna and those two albums with a punk attitude, you wouldn't would never have made in today as big as they are with Bruce mm-hmm. and so forth. Because it was so ex- uh, essential bringing right. that attitude into the mix and i'm not sure that that if paul had like straightened out and 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 not been drinking and doing that much drugs i i i think that they would continue with him and he would develop from mm-hmm. there but i think that they didn't have a choice and when I when I talked to, to him about it, he he was like he was he was quite mellow when it, talking about those days uh, and humble and and talked about him throwing his chance away. So he he knows that that he did that, but for better or worse, that's what he did and and moving along. So, but those two albums and the continuing saga of our maiden wouldn't be possible if Paul Deanna was wasn't there from the get go with Steve Harrison mm-hmm. writing those songs. So I agree. You have to see the whole picture. Yeah. People yeah. and it would be
0: interesting to see what Maiden would be had he stayed in the band,
1: yeah, yeah, of course, you know what, course. what would yeah. they be
0: doing the same kind of music they do today, or would it be more mm. like those first two records? yeah, it'd be interesting, it would yeah. all right, yes, all right- w- what else you got,
1: oh, yeah, uh, for me, this is um uh, one of those albums that I easily play this album at least once or twice a month maybe even more it's Defra leopards pyromania Ooh. i think it's i mean the songs the songwriting on that album it's i mean it's so epic when when it was released um for me it's it's i don't know i'm i'm lost for words here <laughs> Help me out. You don't like the floorboard? What the fuck? You
0: know, oh, 1983 on. was a great year. And it was. Def Leppard was one of those harder rock bands that, that really started to push me in the, the harder direction. Before that, mm-hmm. you know, it was the Genesis. It was the the Journey, the Foreigner, all the that all right. crap stuff that I don't listen to anymore. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Def Leppard metallica all these bands that came out in these in the early 80s and Mm. and as a a very young teenager discovering this music it was just i'm I'm with you pyromania was just like holy fuck this is awesome it is what's interesting about that record too is that if it's their third record and i you know usually a bands they start to go downhill
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know but this is a band that their first record is good. Their second record is good, but Pyromania was so much better than those two records. I think. Yeah. It's like you know they 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 only got better as they kind of got older, and yeah. again they're they're a, they're a bunch of kids, man.
1: Yeah, I know. It's. I don't it's even nuts. think was
0: Joe Elliott even legal when they got signed in 80, 1980? Oh, I'm not
1: sure. Maybe not barely, barely eighteen. Barely, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's, they were kids. It's
0: interesting to see what those, what they were releasing and putting out, and yeah. uh, at, at such a young age and stuff. I, I think it's it's yeah, pyromania definitely. Yeah. great great record. Yeah, great record.
1: But <clears throat> um, but it, it's it's like you said in like the early eighties, and and building on on that, so many great bands. That, that released albums i mean we talked about like metallica we talked about ecds and now def leppard and you mentioned maiden of course i mean it's crazy i'm i mean i'm like 15 16 years old in the, in the mid mid 80s and I, I've, I i live in malmo sweden at the time it's it's crazy because it's it's not in in the early eighties in, in Sweden, it's not like living in, in the in the US where in, in a big town where 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 you can go to concerts like each and every day. We had to wait. We had to wait for the albums. We bought a ticket like three, four, six months ahead. But still up until I had turned eighteen. I mean, from, from, I, I went to my first show. I saw KISS 1983. That's my first show. I saw KISS, Motley Crue, Europe on the Final Countdown. I saw Metallica, ECDC, Maiden, Wesp, Alice Cooper before I'd turned 18. I mean, all those bands released albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from like 19, when I started to listen to... to more serious metal from like 1982, 83 up until like 86, 87, 88, something like that. It's crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. And and see, you're you're luckier than I was because I grew up in a very, very small town. I mean, I I think our population was something in the neighborhood of 300 people. Our big claim to fame was we had the largest limestone quarry in the world. That was, (laughs) you know, it, it was it was about a half an hour outside of Chicago in the suburbs. And so my actual first experience with live music was I had a a buddy of mine who was older. I was a freshman in high school. He was a senior. So he's about three, four years older than I was. And he took me to this warehouse. Um, We had a like right next to the railroad tracks and stuff. And we go inside and there's this rock band and they were rehearsing And he knew these guys. And so we just kind of hung out and drank beer and, you know, and and I'm like 14, 15 at this point, right? And, and these guys just jammed out and, and played. I don't even remember the name of them. They were just some local band, you know, because I couldn't get to Chicago. Chicago was just, you know, I I just couldn't get there to see the shows that came through there. So I had Uh no access to oh, live music okay. so i didn't get access to music till i moved to california and i was more like 18 so my first co- real actual big concert wasn't until i was like 17 18 when i saw oh. dio
1: oh shit
0: so my you know my concert career didn't start until mm-hmm. late really late. oh okay so I was, you know, I, it was just the radio, it was vinyl. It was that mm-hmm. that's how I had experienced music Buying, you know, the circus magazines and the hit paraders and, and all that. Yeah. And, and so I was, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, yeah. that was how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, 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 I don't think that if, if mamma w- would have been located somewhere else, I mean, we're close to the water, we're close to Copenhagen and, and Denmark and, and, Uh, Some of the artists played first in Copenhagen in Denmark and then they flew over or rode by boat over to to Sweden and and play there. So it was like an easy access for for a touring party to to go over to to Malmo and and the outskirts of Malmo in a place called Lund. So so that's why I was able to see so many shows. It was great growing up. I'm, I mean, it, it, even though I, we thought like we had to wait like forever to see a band, and w- we could imagine people living in, in like you said, Los Angeles and or, or New York, they they went to shows on a daily basis and and they bought <laughs> records on like a, by the by the shitload every, every day, and we had like, yeah. to like wait a couple of months before that album that got released in in the US t- until we got it in, in our hands so yeah. but it, it was we were happy campers back then it was a lot <laughs> of fun go. it was a lot of fun it, it's actually funny when you say you you went to to experience your first uh l- live music in in a warehouse w- with a band uh w- was rehearsing i was 14 years old when i started my first band <laughs> I was a dr- I was a drummer back then, so me and a couple a couple of buddies were were forming this band and and we tried to to mimic songs from from like Metallica and and Kiss and 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 whatnot. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So those was yeah.
0: good days. Good days, man. The, oh, the 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 eighties the were they were just a magical. Oh time. yeah. Oh yeah. They really were.
1: Yes. They really so, were. So what else do you have? What albums?
0: All right. This is a band that I'm not really a fan of. Um, okay. But I feel like they deserve to be on this list. And that's mm-hmm. Diamond Head, Lightning to the Nations, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the new wave of British heavy metal was all about. Like, they yeah. really define that. They really... I feel like they they were in a lot of ways the catalyst to, to what we listen to today. Oh yeah. You know, and and it's interesting to see that Metallica covering Diamond Head and now and now recently Diamond Head's covering Metallica. It's come full circle. <laughs> yeah, And it's yeah. just for me that that's you know, I, I like a few of the Diamond Head songs, but I you know, I wouldn't consider myself a fan. I don't know a lot about them, but I do feel like they were instrumental in Yeah helping oh, that style of music.
1: I yeah, I even blossom. heard Los, Los Ehrlich said said without Diamond Head there would, wouldn't be a Metallica. So, yeah. uh yeah. So Diamond Head, Motörhead, Venom, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Those were like the the cornerstones of Metallica. So, so Definitely. So, yeah. That's cool. Diamond Head.
0: <laughs> Diamond Head.
1: Diamond Head.
0: Yeah, we we've never really talked about Diamond Head on this no, show. No. I don't think. No. I think that might be a first first ever. Yeah.
1: I I don't know much about him. I listened to a couple of songs. I think it's pretty cool. I I don't know why there's some bands that 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 tend to go like past you at some mm-hmm. point I I I don't know you, you you grab a hold of of a certain band and 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 you you your friends listen to a certain band and you go with them but but I don't know I never yeah I think that's on-
0: it I, I think you get into a certain group and that music just sort of stays within that group you know like yeah. oh well here's this band and and it it's very much word of mouth yeah you know and and again living in a small town it was like there wasn't many metalheads where I, <laughs> where no, I grew okay. up there was only yeah. like two or three of us in, in this small town yeah and so it wasn't until I got to high school that started, you know, being introduced and meeting people that, that like this kind of music. And and so I was pretty much at, at their mercy of what they found and discovered and, and shared with me. So mm-hmm. um it wasn't until again I got older that you started discovering stuff on my own and, and that. But you're right. I think it, it stays within that little group of friends and whatever they're listening to is that's what everybody listens to and you share the records right you you copy and you do all that illegal stuff that we don't mention live on the radio because you had you
1: had you hadn't hadn't got any money to to buy all the 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 albums you you had to like you say uh uh, try try to to do have them like copy it on on a cassette tape so because because we were uh we were like four or five of my closest friends that, that we bought each one album and then we we made copies of of those albums so so that we could listen m- on, on like cassette tapes in in our own homes and and when i grew yeah. up uh, became older and and started to work some some summers and so on i could could afford to to buy those albums but those were the days man
0: that was some fun shit oh fuck i remember i i would buy primarily cassettes Mm -hmm. but i also bought vinyl and what i would do is i would take my vinyl and i would record it onto a cassette tape and that's Mm -hmm. would be my primary listening tool yeah uh, medium because what i would do is I would, I had this big boom box, right? Think of this, mm-hmm. this eighties rapper style, giant boombox yeah.
1: <laughs> that I would
0: attach to the handlebars on my bike.
1: Oh man. And
0: I would ride through the neighborhood cranking music, cranking oh, metal. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. I had like having a cassette cause you can't, you know, I, I mean, I suppose you could try to attach a turntable with speakers yeah. to your bike, <laughs> but, but you know, so a cassette tape was, was vital yeah to my growing yeah. up and then having that and again like you said we did the same thing you would copy the, the the records even yeah. cassette to cassette you would do that and then once you had the the allowance money saved up you would go and buy yeah buy it for yourself
1: yeah in the summertime we met up in, in a in a park in in a in a one of those big public parks and and we we brought a boom box and everybody was there it was me and my friends and 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 their friends and their friends and all of a sudden were, were a big bunch of, of kids sitting, uh, sitting in the park uh, uh, around the, uh, uh, one of those park benches. And, and everybody was on there and, and changing. Everybody had a cassette tape with them and we were changing music and, oh, have you heard this? And, and putting that on and, and singing along and having a good time. So boombox, man. That yeah. was it in the eighties. What, what, what cool. would
0: we have done without you see? the boombox? Yeah. Oh man, I, I
1: think kids are missing out. I mean, the, I mean, okay, all right. The analog is is back with vinyl records, but it's sort of like remember the day when when you you didn't have anything, you didn't have anything except your music and and your buddies, and mm-hmm. and of course you you went to to the movies and saw. So, saw a film or, or something like that but you never stayed at home you were always outside me I was always outside because my friends were outside and we rode out around with our bikes like you said and, and we met up in the park and listened to music and, and lingering on and, and, and trying to get with those older cool kids that, that we knew <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. had like the huge record collection and tried to lure them and to to visit their, their apartments and 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 seeing all all that crazy stuff so it was it was good no social media no nothing we didn't care it was all about rock and roll
0: no streaming music no ipods no no that no stuff, no man it was just loud and proud man yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy Straight that shit yeah, yeah. Uh all right, what else you got on your list of must-haves? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm torn between two albums. We spoke about this band before you mentioned them. Um I'm torn between Maiden's Peace of Mind and Number of the Beast. So these are albums that that means a lot to me. Not not favorite ones per se, like you said, but but the the notion of them I mean, holding them in my hand for the first time and discovering this music. I mean, when 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 Number of the Beast was released, I w- I was like 11 years old, and and then you got Peace of Mind, and I was 12, and it, it's sort of like it's an epiphany. Holy crap! What the hell is going on here? I mean, you heard Kiss, and and and. And, and all of that, you heard some AC-DC and so forth. But then I think I I'll go with peace of mind because that's like the first album that I bought with my own money. It, it wasn't actually Number of the Beast. I got that on, on cassette tape, but I, it, it's pretty important to me that the, the ones that I bought with my own money physically, I went into mm-hmm. the record store and bought it and I looked at the picture uh, of edit and and the gatefold w- w- with the brain on, on a plate and it, it's it's i didn't know anything I, I i thought what the fuck is going on here and and the band it was so cool and you put that <laughs> put that record on the turntable and and all those great songs came out of your speakers man fuck me peace yeah. of mind Pe- Peace of mind. Peace of mind
0: piece. was my very first Iron Maiden record that I ever owned. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, and even today, you know, I love popping that on and just yeah. listening to that. And just there's so many great songs on there. That that's one of those records. There's not a bad song anywhere no, on there. You
1: see, it's it's crazy.
0: It mm-hmm. is. Yep.
1: So what do you got?
0: Well, if you want to go and get like an, another sip of whiskey or something i'm going to talk about one of your favorite bands right now
1: all right and that is queen
0: queen the game Mm. and i picked this one because i feel like it shows the wide range of talent that was in that band um that it it just showcases everybody and i think it it also is a great demonstration if we're talking about rock and roll about what happens what's possible when you say just fuck the rules. Fuck the rules. Because mm-hmm. there's a little bit of everything on that record. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's when I was really introduced to, to Queen with, obviously, another one, Bites the Dust. And that that song just spoke to me. And I feel like this record is one of those records, again, they'd been around for a while when they released this one. And I think there's really only one bad song on it it is really it, it's one of my favorite records overall i wouldn't say it's top 10 or even top 20 but it's it's definitely up there and i i, I dig it so but yeah i i think it's an important one to have just because it's just one of the, <laughs> i could see you you're you're like trying to not to say anything
1: i <laughs> rest my case i respect yes, you don't need you. any more
0: hate mail from queen about queen no <laughs>
1: I respect you, Phil Boyer, but this is like taking it too far.
0: <laughs> too far. Too far to, to be on the must-have. So when, when when I get to Sweden, I expect to see this record in your collection.
1: Oh, good Lord.
0: <laughs> I know. I know there, that'll never there
1: happen. There is only rock records in my collections. Ooh, oh, wow.
0: Okay. You can send your hate mail directly to Mike.
1: Directly moving along, <laughs> moving along. What else you got? <laughs> oh man, uh, I, it's I have to have Saxon in there in the mix. Saxon, ha- yeah. for For me, it's it's like you gotta know on a Saxon. it 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 doesn't matter from like from the start until up until like 1985. Pick an album for crying out loud: Strong Armor of the Law, Wheels of Steel, Crusader, whatever you want. Just yeah, should should we like move on move along, Do you not know I, I think stuff?
0: Saxon's right up there, i mean i I think they're one of those bands that I feel doesn't get the credit they deserve. they're just one of oh. those bands that are there,
1: I you thought know, their, you didn't their, their... like them,
0: me, no, I, yeah. I, I like Saxon, oh yeah. cool, yeah, no, right. no,
1: no, 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 that was yeah. mistaken, oh, right, cool.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I, again, I, I think they're one of those bands that are, they're, that are, they get underrated. They're, they're not, they don't get the credit that they, I know, deserve right? For, I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're part of that new wave of British heavy metal. I feel like they, they came out and they threw that stuff out there that was just,
1: good yeah. Pick. And, and it's, it's crazy because, because still today, it, it's, I have to say today, because people know that we are not going to, to any shows like anytime soon, and and we've been in this fucking like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> so when I say today, I mean 2019 and before. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but I went went to see. I, I've seen like Saxon, uh, uh, at least a dozen times, and one of like the, the one of the, my all time favorite show is what. Uh, at a small club here in, in Malmö, Sweden, called KB. And I, I spoke to Biff for the, the singer. They played a set for like an hour and a half. And then people wouldn't stop screaming. They wouldn't stop screaming out names of songs. So all of a sudden it becomes, uh, you know when you, you, you're at a show or, or you see th- something and it's 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 a bit weary and, and you don't know what the hell is going on, and all of a sudden Biff say, uh, well, I think you're such a great fucking audience, so we're going to continue to play for you guys. So just do what you do right now, and we're trying to get every song that, that you shout at us being played right now i it, it's possible that we don't know all of them cuz it's been been a while but we'll try to do our very best and people are shouting out songs man so they they played for like the, i think the original set was an hour and a 35 minutes they played for two and a half hours two and a half hours an an hour extra and I spoke to 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 Biff later on, after the show, uh, and he said that was some tremendous audience here in Sweden. So, and they were used to in the eighties selling out concert halls b- between like ten to fifteen thousand. Played like festivals, and then they they. Like you said, it, it, it was like one of those bands that didn't get what they deserved, uh, but they didn't care. They continued on. Okay, so we don't sell like uh, five or 10,000 tickets in, in Malmo anymore, but we could play for a sold-out crowd of like 750 uh, Should we do it? Hell yeah. I mean, people <laughs> want to see us. Let's go. So mm-hmm. one day they're playing at KB in Malmö for like 750 the next day they play in Poland for like 15,000 so and and they put on a great show and and they don't care and to be able to still today like from 1978 or 79 when the first album came out to, to still be able to to get that quality music out there and playing in front of people, and be humble. I mean, when I spoke to Biff, he was so freaking humble that people showed up. I I remember me and a buddy we got some stuff signed, and we're standing outside of the club because uh, I I I worked at at KB at, uh, um, a couple of years ago, so so we're inside. And we're, it was like in the summertime. So we're heading home and the, the club has cleared out and, and the bus was, the, the nightliner was right outside the club. And we started walking in, into this intersection and all of a sudden the bus stops in the middle of the intersection. And Biff comes up in his, in his flip-flops and, and he said, uh, did I forget anybody? Because there were, there were metalheads on the corner. Uh, with with patches, with, with section patches and 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 t-shirts, and uh, did everybody get uh, everything signed be- before we go-, we go? And people are standing there, awestruck, on, on the on the corner, going, "Uh huh, what the?" F- uh- it's Biff, man! What the fuck? And then we're like six or seven, six or seven people in, in in the middle of the street, and and the nightliner is standing in the middle of of, of the road. Of of course, it was like four, or five a.m. in in the morning, but but still, th- that's the dedication they have still, and it and mm-hmm. it's great. And I think, like you said, they deserve something more. So go listen to Saxon for crying out loud! What the fuck is wrong with you people?
0: <laughs> uh, you see? Okay, well my my last one, my final one mm-hmm. is also Queen, mm. except it's Queen's Reich. Queen's oh, Reich. Oh,
1: thank you so much.
0: It's Queen's Reich. The warning. Oh man, the warning. I mm-hmm. feel like the warning is one of their best. Albums. I know a lot of people would pick mind crime, but Mm -hmm. the warning, because I feel like that album is just a fucking masterpiece. It's just between the vocals and the guitar, um, the story, it's just everything about it is just beautiful. And I Mm -hmm. feel like you gotta just, that's one of those records you just gotta sit down, put on and listen to, Mm -hmm. especially like the last three songs. Roads yeah. to Madness and, and all, oh my god, you just that's you just got to sit back, close your eyes, sip an adult beverage, and just get oh, into it, man. It, it just I feel like that this is a record that if you're any kind of a rock fan, metal fan, hard rock fan, you you got to have this in your collection.
1: I'm closing my eyes right now and, and picturing this. Oh, <laughs> that's some good stuff right there. Yeah. I mean,
0: Mind Crime's a great album. It, it is. And, and I know it's a favorite of, yeah. of many. And, uh, I think that's also a masterpiece. What they've done with that, bringing mm-hmm. in Pamela Moore, who yeah. again, very humble. She's just, uh, I got the opportunity to interview her, interview her a while back mm-hmm. and such a great lady, such a great talent. Her voice is just right up there with Jeff Beats yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Just that—that's that, a great record too. But mm. yeah, I got—I have to go with the warning.
1: That—that's a cool one. I—I I really dig, I really dig Queens, right because they were one of those bands that did a, a a completely different thing in in the metal scene. So so you have to respect them for that. Uh, actually, yeah, I feel like uh, no, I I was I was saying with 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 the band and and the attitude like like you you. Told the Star about Pamela Moore. Uh, a, f- a couple of friends of mine were opening up for Queens Rice, so so, and and we're in, in this little room backstage, and uh, it it was like after the show, and it was a lot of security, and I mean they were so like overprotective of, of Jeff Tate, and 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 yeah, of course mostly him, because uh, he <laughs> had like the manager and like two bodyguards and so forth, but. He took the time to to stop right outside the little dressing room. But when me and my friends were, were sitting and, and say, "Hey, uh, thanks for putting on a great show," and then he just walked off. I mean, that, that's still classy. He he didn't he didn't talk that much, but still, to to mm-hmm. stop and 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 salute the 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 support band, that that was yeah. that was pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Cuz then then you reckon I I was there once growing up and starting a, a forming a band before I was the singer of Queensrÿche. Uh so uh, that was cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it it's a shame what happened to that band.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean,
0: you know, everything th- after Mindcrime Crime was basically garbage and then yeah. the whole having two different mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I, I'm a I'm a fan of, of Todd Latour, but it's still not, still not Queensryche. No. I feel like his his he's just trying to be like Jeff Tate in the in the '90s era Queensryche. Mm. and without Chris Degarmo, there really can't be a Queensryche, no. in my opinion.
1: So yeah, I agree. I agree. That's I agree.
0: that's it. Yeah, that's it.
1: That's so it. that's my last one. You got any more on your list? Of course, I have. What the fuck, man? What do you think about me? I, I cut I, my list short. Yeah, I can't do that. I, this, my short list is, is I don't know, a mile long. No, but, but you still. just
0: pick one more, man. One more. What's one the best more. one?
1: Fuck, one God. more. Honorable mentions. I have to go through them like <laughs> you have to. I mean, you have to have Judas Priest, man. Screaming for vengeance, defenders of the faith. You have to have some motorhead for don't you agree, Motorhead? Come on. Overkill Ace of Spades. Yeah, yeah, some, I would agree with that. Some Dio, Holy Driver. Dio. The cult Sonic yes. Temple.
0: hmm
1: Not yeah. if you're with me. Kiss. Kiss. Cri- creatures of the Night. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not so much. Okay. Not so much, creatures of the Night. I'm 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 a seventies. Name is Seventies, Vince. You know, I mean, Alice yeah. Cooper Thrash. I mean, mm, come on, okay. man. The Shock Rock Horror dude coming back will f- full throttle. If it weren't for Thrash, you wouldn't be able to see Alice Cooper today. It wasn't for Poison, the song Poison, you wouldn't be able to go see Alice Cooper today. He was, he would have been bankrupt. So. You know, eighties uh, era
0: Alice Cooper again. Not my favorite. I, be, you know, I think again, uh, some bands did what they had to to, to yeah, stay alive. Like mm-hmm. you were just saying, yeah. I, the again, big I, I feel like there was a lot. I I think one of the things we began to see in the eighties that really affected the nineties, which we'll talk about next week. Was the record labels starting to? Oh well, we can only sign the bands that of music that we can sell. Mm-hmm. And I think towards the the mid to late eighties is when you really saw this come to light when record labels started doing that. And I feel like that really affected the music that bands produced, including mm-hmm. legends like Alice Cooper and all that. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. So I'm I'm not. I'm not saying that was bad. Poison was an okay song, but Mm -hmm. you know, eh. yeah. Must have. I don't know if I, I can get on board with that. Okay.
1: (laughs) So should I pick one? Okay. So, okay. Then I'm picking screaming for vengeance. That's my last one. Screaming for vengeance. That's my last one.
0: You just press screaming for for vengeance. Now, why that record?
1: Because it's, it's like, why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Judas Priest for crying out. It's Rob freaking it. It's Riding on the Wind. It's Bloodstone. It's Scream. You got another thing coming, Devil's Child. Should I go on even? I mean, I I, really? I almost put that on my list too.
0: Because you see, honestly, that record was the first Priest record that I owned, if I remember correctly. You see and that I went backwards from there mm-hmm. and you know, stained glass and, you know, all those, those great sad wings and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So for me, that was really, that record was the one that got me into priest. And I think it's also the record that got a lot of people into priest. I think some would argue that was British steel that came before it, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't, maybe in Europe that was the case, but I feel like in the United States it was screaming for vengeance. I mean, and then people discovered the, you know, all the, all the classics, right? Living After Midnight and all those songs, right? Breaking the Law, all that stuff. Rem- that, that came remember out years and years before it. Yeah. So, you know, you got another thing coming was that song again, that every, it was just that anthem song that uh, everybody, I'm, it was I like, mean, you know, it was like Back in Black and, and, and all that from ACDC. Yeah. It was that song that just, went past that genre of boundary and just said, hey, we're here, and everybody's like singing to it and rocking out to it.
1: Freaking goosebumps every time I hear that fucking song. It's it's nuts, especially a live one. You got another yeah. thing coming with, with, with the audience singing along. I mean, do you remember the first time you heard Rob, Rob Halford sing? that That voice, you remember that?
0: Yeah, to see him live is just... I know crazy. Right? It's, it's crazy.
1: It is. M- and and
0: I've said this before, but I've never seen Rob Halford play with Judas Priest. I've seen him live, but <laughs> you've yeah, seen I, him with Priest.
1: I know you, it's like, <laughs> you've seen it's him with like it's that's And that's and I crazy. I probably
0: never will either, to be honest with you. Because yeah. you know, Ian Hill's the last remaining member of the band. Yeah. You know, original yeah. member of the band. And they're going out as a four piece now on this yeah. tour which I feel is a huge, huge mistake. I'm very disappointed in that. Yeah. So, and again, without Glenn Tipton, I know he kind of pops out on a few shows here and there, but, you know, it's without hearing Glenn Tipton, I think Glenn Tipton, I've said this before, but it it deserves repeating. He is one of the most underrated guitarists, I think, we've seen in our lifetime. Oh, yeah you you listen to the the solo and beyond the realms of death and just all the stuff that he put together. And it's just, he's an incredible guitarist and yeah. deserves way more than he did. And when, when the news came down of, of him having Parkinson's, it just, I don't yeah. know. It was a very sad day. Yeah,
1: Knowing that he can still write and still play.
0: Yeah. M- still makes me happy. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. I know what you mean, but it's, uh, Yeah. Oh,
0: that was, it's, it's hard. It's hard, man, to to pick records because again, the eighties was like the best decade for music, the best. It had a little bit of everything. It had, it even had the poison stuff. If you want, it had striper. It had all that, that nonsensical garbage that if you wanted to
1: you could listen to it but yeah and 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 i think that that, that the band and the, and the artists were more like uh, accessible you, you you could like you can go to a show and you can hang out backstage and and you would meet the band it it, it wasn't like big ass security like it is nowadays and and and, and like Limousines and 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 whatnot. At least not here in Europe. So so, they were hanging out. I, I mean, <laughs> we we met a lot of bands. I mean, I mean it, it was it was nuts. Uh, I met I met Dio at some point. I I met like I, I mentioned before, Biff Byford. I met the members of Kiss and and so forth. So, and all of a sudden, it's not bad anymore. I mean, of course, Mm-mm. they grow older and, 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 and whatnot, but it's it's the 80s are special times. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was a great time. And then the 90s show up and mm-hmm. kill music
1: forever. <laughs> and with that, that's, <laughs> and with a, that a, that's a teaser for next show. We're going to talk show. about Alice in Chains, man. Nirvana, man. Bl- the Black Album, all your favorite stuff, Phil, right there.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> all my favorites. Yes. Oh. Oh God.
1: <laughs> it's like when I mentioned Dave Mustaine. <laughs> it's all sort of like the same thing for Phil right now.
0: Uh, oh, oh, fucking a. Yeah. yeah. The 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 day the music died, 1990. <laughs>
1: 1990 jesus all right and back in hell man yeah any last words
0: <laughs> uh no just go spin some records man if if you don't have any of these uh records that we talked about in your collection go make it happen man have some fun listen yeah. to some for stuff and yeah and uh it it's it's a good time yeah. it's always a good time I'm back for and back and if you have yeah. any that you that we missed that you're like oh my god how the fuck can they not say this one yeah let us know let yeah, us know of
1: course yeah because we're, we're we'll, we'll everywhere. talk about
0: it we'll talk about it next week because we yeah. have to have something positive to say about yeah. the 90s and, and wh- the where do people go to, to
1: get in touch with us where where the fuck do people go man tell them they can go anywhere they want man oh they can go anywhere cool. they want all right because we're on facebook we're on instagram uh you and i are on twitter and we got a web page so hook us up everywhere all yes. right,
0: so I'll leave you guys with a joke. What is Jim Henson's favorite record of all time? Mm. Master of
1: Muppets. Oh, there you go. I'll show myself out. Thank yes. you. Good night. Good night. <laughs> and with that, later. <laughs> later. This
0: has been Sounds On Vital, hosted by Mike Svenson and Phil Boyer, but it doesn't have to end. Join the Sounds on Vinyl community at soundsonvinyl.com forward slash community for exclusive content, music documentaries, chats, and more. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by BoozeHound Music in cooperation with BoozeHound Hound Entertainment. Thanks for listening and all your motherfucking support.